commute into New York City, and I work for Chosen People, as, as John was sharing. Uh, I, I lead the uh, Bessar Shalom, but also I, I'm a professor of practical theology at our seminary uh, there, which is associated with Talbot Theological Seminary in California. Uh, and, uh, and I am moving over to, um, actually to Manhattan. Uh, I'm being asked to t take over the Manhattan branch, so I need your prayers as, as uh, we begin uh, our, our new work in Manhattan. I mean, we're in Manhattan, that's our headquarters, but, but we've lost staff uh, and they've, the, through death and through moving, and so they, they, need, they need to re rebuild the, um, the, the, the branch, and uh, hopefully it will lead to a, 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 another congregational plant on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, so we really covet your prayers uh, on that. Um, and we, uh, I wanted to give you a little report of what's, what's going on. We have 30 staff at Chosen People on the ground uh, in Israel, uh, and, uh, and they are giving us regular reports as to what's happening there. Uh, one of the good things about uh, the Messianic community in Israel, it's very tight. Uh, everybody knows everybody. Uh, so we have, we have uh, young men and women uh, in military units all over, the, all over the country. They're giving reports to Chosen People, uh, our staff, their friends, you know, uh, whom they, who they know very well. And so we know what the needs are inside all the various units uh, the, uh, of uh, the Israeli army. Uh, and one of the great needs that they have is uh, they, got a call, they got a call from the Golan, which is up north in the highlands. Uh, and believe it or not, it's cold up there at night this time of year, uh, and they're freezing. And so we're, so we're raising money for, for uh, long underwear, uh, long johns for, uh, for, the, for the soldiers on there. It's that kind of thing that we can do, the, the things that we know what's going on on the ground. So pray for uh, the, uh, the situation in Israel. Pray that the door will be open. Uh, when we deliver these, these things, it's either food or clothing or, or any kind of uh, uh, you know, physical needs, uh, they always ask, you know, why are you doing this? What, what, not not the, their fellow believers, but through the believers to, to their units. You know, why are you doing this? And, and we're able to share the gospel with them. There's great openness. Israelis are actually uh, pretty open to the gospel. Uh, Michelle and I uh, do, uh, are, are part of a ministry called Hosting Israelis. Uh, and so when, Israeli, when, when, a, when a soldier ends his tour of duty in Israel, uh, he, he will go searching, he'll go traveling around the world. He, really searching, sort of. And, uh, and so we developed the ministry of chosen people uh, of, of, of a uh, network of hosts around the country uh, that Israeli travelers can come and live uh, freely, you know, for two or three days. Uh, it's up to you. It's up to the person how long they want them there. Uh, we had one family that stayed for six, six nights. It was great. They were wonderful. Um, and, uh, and so you host them, and, and Israelis, they, they want to know, when you do that, they're so appreciative. They want to know all about you. They want to know all about your faith. They want to know about why you believe what you believe. You know, they, they, they are, they're very, very interested. It's, it's, it's um, you know, my, my own uh, people, the American Jewish community, were, were, were kind of uh, suspicious you know, or I should say they're kind of suspicious of, 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 of Christians, you know, what, what our motives are. Not Israelis. Israelis are very open and, very, and want to talk. And, and uh, so I really recommend this ministry. It's called Host Israelis. Uh, obviously, right now, no Israelis are coming over right now, but they're going to be coming back. Uh, they're going to be coming again, and uh, we want to be ready. We are the only, right now, we are the only host family in the, in the metro New York City area. We're the only host for Michelle and I. We need help. You know, so if anybody's interested in, in this ministry, you, you have a heart for Israel and the Jewish people and, and love to share your faith, you know, this is an excellent ministry to do that. We love it, uh, and, uh, and we recommend it to you. Um, and uh, also, uh, uh, there, oh yes, another thing I wanted to share with you is, is uh, I have all these brochures. You might have gotten this brochure uh, from us. This tells you a little bit about those of you who aren't familiar with us. Some of you are. 
uh, tells you about chosen people ministries, our, our origins, uh, what our purposes are, what our, what our goals are, and so forth. Uh, it's, all, it's all in this. Um, it, there's, um, there's, there's ways to get involved with us. We do, we do uh, for instance, uh, we do a trip to Israel. Michelle and I lead a trip to Israel. Hopefully in May of 25, uh, we'll, we'll be going again, God willing. Um, but uh, but there's, also, uh, there's also schooling. Uh, there's a thing called Chosen People Bible Institute that you can just go online and, and asynchronistically at your own pace uh, t- uh, take courses from our professors at, at, um, at the Feinberg Center in Brooklyn. Uh, there, there's, uh, there's a thing called the VIP program, which is a volunteer program that you can, you can do Jewish evangelism from your kitchen table uh, with a telephone and a computer. Uh, so, uh, so, so there's that, that opportunity too. Again, we have, we have uh, mission trips for, for young people, you know, um, all over the world. Israeli, as I said, uh, Israelis travel all over the world. We're there waiting for them. When they go to New Zealand, they love going to New Zealand, we have two hostels in New Zealand, which they stay with. We give them three free nights at the hostel, and, and, uh, and they talk about Jesus all night long. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just a great ministry, uh, and, uh, and uh, there's all kinds of ways of getting involved with us that way. You can also get involved with Michelle and I. We need your prayers. You know, especially now, we're going to be transitioning over to Manhattan. We really need your prayers, you know, uh, for, for the new work that we're doing. Uh, we, have, we have a prayer letter uh, that, that, we, that we send out. Uh, I send out every single month, uh, and it's, it's, it's a short letter. It just tells you what's going on, tells stories from the field, you know, and ask, and ask for maybe th- three or four prayer requests, you know, along the way. So I would love to have you as a prayer partner uh, f- uh, for the work that we're doing in, in Brooklyn and beyond, now into Manhattan and beyond. Uh, but, but also, um, if there's a way of getting involved with Michelle, uh, uh, Michelle and I financially. First of all, I want to say thank you to Calvary Evangelical Free Church, Essex Fells, you know, for your support for Michelle and I these uh, past many years. Uh, you've been gr- fantastic partners uh, in so many different ways, not just because of your financial support, but because you really care. And, and we feel that all the time from you guys. So thank you so much uh, for that. Um, and, uh, but there's ways, if you want to get involved with us uh, individually, you can just fill out this white card at the end of the brochure over here, and, uh, and you can, you can uh, support Michelle and I uh, in terms of the, uh, the, the financial needs that we have. Uh, this year. Um, also, uh, we just ask you to be, be in prayer uh, for the peace of Jerusalem, as has already been prayed here. Uh, this is a very serious time uh, in Israel's history. I've never seen anything as bad as this. Um, it, it seems like a, a trap has been set for Israel, uh, and, uh, and maybe for the West as well, I don't know. Uh, but uh, but these are very, very serious times, very, very dangerous times, and we need your prayers uh, um, in, deal, in dealing with this. Uh, we need wisdom, uh, we need power, we need grace, we need, uh, we need um, you know, the Lord to come and, and to stop the evil. We, we, need, we need peace, we need justice. Justice for what's happened. And if there's no justice, we're going to keep on getting this over and over and over again. So please pray for justice for, for what's happening in the Middle East and pray for peace. Uh, in fact, let me, let's, let me do that as a transition to the Word of God. Uh, Avinu Malkenu. Uh, Father, our King, we thank you so much uh, for your, the fact that you are in control, that you are sovereign, Lord, that, uh, that, that nothing has happened, Lord, uh, and, uh, up till this point, Lord, Father, in this world that you have, you have not known about, Lord. You are way ahead of us. Uh, you know the end from the beginning. Uh, you are sovereign and in control of all things. Lord, uh, we are down here playing, playing chess and and you were up there playing multi-level, uh, you were down here playing checkers, and you were up there playing multi-level chess uh, times, times a zillion. You, are, you know every thought, you know every word, you know every, 
every action that we take down here, Father, you knew it from eternity past, Lord. And so uh, you, your, your power and your knowledge are, are too wonderful to even, even, even uh, comprehend. Uh, and so, Father, we, uh, we trust that, that you are at work in this situation. Uh, you are doing things, Father, that we cannot imagine right now, that we don't, we don't fully understand, uh, but you are in control, and we know that. And so we pray, Lord, that uh, you will just have your way now, uh, that you will use the situation, Father, to bring glory to yourself, to good to your people, to the spreading of the good news, spreading of the gospel, Lord, Father, especially to, to, uh, to, the, to, uh, to the Jewish people and also to the Gentile people of this world. Father, we thank you for that, that word from, from Paul, Lord, from the Holy Spirit. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto, unto salvation for everyone who believes, first to the Jewish people and then to the Gentiles. We thank you for that, for that glorious truth. Lord, ask now, Lord, that as we, as we transition to your word, that you open our minds and our hearts, we may understand and apply these things to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So like many of you, <clears throat> I've been struggling uh, with what's going on in our world. Uh, I don't know about you, but it, it, this, uh, as, as this, this world seems to be going crazy. Uh, in so many different ways, um, and it's, 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 it's hard to understand uh, what's going on uh, in the world, you know, um, and, and so I, I, like you, I've probably cried out to the Lord, you know, over and over and over again. In fact, I was pestering the Lord for a period of time about something, you know, regarding what's happening in the world, and, and, uh, and just, uh, you know, just, just knocking on, on, on heaven's door over and over and over again, and, and uh, not sure what, what, what would become of it, but sure enough, one day the Lord just uh, broke through. I said, and I was saying, Lord, why all, the, why all the craziness going on in this world? What is happening? What's going on? Why the injustice? What's happening in, in this world? And, 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 and a, uh, it wasn't a voice, but it was like a voice, an impression on my mind, and, and it said to me, Rich, um, is it possible that I could use men's sin to accomplish my purposes? And I said, well, of course, Lord. You, you do that all the time. You know, he says, I'm doing something different here. You know, God is at work, and, and he has his own plan, you know, and he has his own ways, and, uh, and uh, he's, he's often doing something different, you know, than, than, than we might imagine or we might expect, right? You know, uh, he's, he has his own, I love, that, I love that, um, that scene with Joshua and the angel, and Joshua sort of asks the angel, whose side are you on, them or ours? He goes, I'm not on either one of your sides, or I'm, I'm on the Lord's side. You know, uh, that's, God has his own plans. God has his own agenda. God has his own ways of, of doing things. And, and, uh, it's, and, and that's why it's hard for us to make plans, right? You know, uh, it's hard for us to make plans because he, it's his plan that's, that's being, that's being un, unfolded in, in, his, in history, not, not, not our plan. You know, so, so, so it's, not, it's not so much making plans that's important. You know, it's, it's preparing for what God has for us. So, so we, we need to move away from sort of making plans to preparing ourselves for, for the next move of God in our lives. I know you guys face that individually. I know you face, you face that as a congregation. You know, God is at work. He uses all kinds of things to accomplish his ultimate purposes. Now, we don't know what he's going to do next, you know, but we can prepare. We can get ourselves ready for whatever is next. That's really what, that's my, that's my theme today is, is, getting ready for what's next, you know, in our life. Preparing ourselves, preparation uh, is, is, is so critical. I once, uh, my, uh, my, my cousin is, is marrying a, a, um, a, a, um, a collegiate champion wrestler, you know, and I was, I, was, I was recommending to him, 
you know, that they get premarital counseling, you know, and he looked at me, he goes, I'm all about preparation, you know, and I said, I said, oh, good, that's great, then here's, here's the name of a premarital counselor, you know, to, to go, he never did it, um, but he was all about preparation. Um, it, it's, it's important to prepare for the next things. God uh, is at work and in this world, and we need to prepare. That's what we see with Israel. Uh, we get to, do a, I'm going to be looking at Exodus uh, chapter 17 through 19, um, and we're going to be looking at uh, that, that how God is preparing Israel for the next great move that God's going to have for them at Mount Sinai, right? We, got, we know that uh, that's the next great thing that's going to happen. And so we see God taking Israel through experiences on the way to Mount Sinai. And uh, he, uh, he parts the Red Sea in, uh, in uh, uh, Exodus chapter 14. Um, he, uh, he, he gives them water um, at, at, Mer- at Marah and at Il- Alim. Um, he gives manna and quail in chapter 16. Uh, water, by the way, was in 15. He gives water from a rock in chapter 17. You know, he, he is, he's preparing them. He's getting them ready. He's showing himself who he is. That they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know, what, you know that Sinai's coming. They don't know what's about to happen. They don't, they don't know about the covenant that's, that's coming. We know, because we, we're looking back on time, right? But they don't know anything. They're, they're just taking it one step at a time. They're going through the desert. They're complaining, you know, most of the way, as, as they're doing it. Um, but, but, they, but, but, but God is trying to get them ready through these, these situations to get them ready for this major encounter that he is going to be having with them at Mount Sinai, right? Mount Sinai is critical. Mount Sinai is huge. We still talk about it today. You know, uh, it's, it's so big. They made a movie out of it. It's called The Ten Commandments. Anybody see that? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so they're getting ready for this encounter, this next great step in salvation history. That's what, and that's what we want to look at today, that we can prepare for the next great move of God in our lives. We can prepare for the next great move of God in our lives and in our ministries by learning the lessons from Israel's experience as they move towards Mount Sinai. And, and uh, they're going to get there in, in chapter 19, but we're, we're moving towards there right now. So we can prepare for the next great move of God in our lives and our ministries by learning that the Lord will overcome opposition to his people and to his plans. So if you're in in chapter 17, go to verse 8, and then I'll start reading. Verse 8 through 16. Then the Amalekites came and fought with Israel in uh, Raphidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose men, go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said and fought the Amalekites while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. When Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. But when he let down his hand, the Amalekites prevailed. Moses' hands grew heavy, so they took a stone, put it under him, and he sat down. Aaron and Hur held up his hands and one on each side, so his hands were steady until the sun went down. So Joshua overpowered the Amalekites and his army with the edge of the sword. Adonai said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and rehearse it in the hearing of Joshua, for I will utterly blot out the memory of the Amalekites from under the heaven, under heaven. Then Moses built an altar and called the name of, the, called the name of Adonai Nisi. Uh, then he said, by the hand upon the throne, uh, by, excuse me, by the hand upon the throne of Adonai, Adonai will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Okay. Meet the Amalekites. Um, the, the Amalekites, um, uh, J- Jacob uh, had a brother named Esau, right? Esau had a son named Eliphaz. Eliphaz had a son by his concubine named Timnah, 
And you guessed it, that was Amalek. Amalek. Um, Amalek became the chief of his own clan in the tribe of Esau. Um, you can see that in Genesis 36:15. This made the Amalekites a distant cousins with the Israelites. Um, so there, so there's, there's, a, there's a connection here. Um, they settled in the southern part of the Negev near what, is, what, what is, became known as Kadesh Barnea, uh, and, but they were semi-nomadic people because they were looking for, for grass, they were looking for, for, uh, for pastures and so forth, so they would travel around, and, and in fact, that's how they sort of, they ended up in the southwest Sinai uh, in, uh, in Rephidim, uh, in the, southern, uh, the south, south, southwestern area of Sinai, about 150 miles from Kadesh Barnea. So we see them, the, the Amalekites are on the move. Either way, apparently, they had taken to stalking Israel. They were following Israel, they were stalking Israel, and they were picking off Israelites who, who were not staying with the column, not staying with the, the, uh, the, the, the center of the column. And so they were picking them off. They were, they were killing them. They, they were slaughtering them. You know, uh, does it remind you of anything? Nothing, nothing much has changed over the, over the last uh, 3,000 years, 3,500 years. Eventually, uh, they launched a full-scale military-style attack on the Israelites at Rephidim, uh, earning uh, the distinction of being the first nation to attack Israel, you know, as a nation. These, 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 are, the, these are the first ones. Moses had had enough of this. You know, um, he, he uh, selects Joshua. Uh, 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 his name was Hoshea at that point, but they changed it to Joshua. He was a son of Nun, he's an Ephraimite, and, and he asked him to raise an army, and the next day they were going to engage the Amalekites. Joshua engages the Amalekites as Moses orders, and while Aaron and her are on top of the hill, overlooking the battle, raising up the staff of God towards the heavens. As he did, the Israelites prevailed in the battle, but when his arms got tired and the staff came down, then the Israelites began to lose the battle. Every time the staff was raised, win, staff falls down, his arms get tired. So Aaron and Hur sat Moses on a rock, and they held up the staff and high before the Lord uh, so that the staff was always raised. Eventually, the Israelites prevailed. Uh, Joshua overcame the Amalekite army. Um, then the Lord told Moses to write on a scroll and to make sure that, jo that Joshua hears it, that he, that he will one day completely blot out the memory of Amalek from the, under the heavens. This was, the only, this was one of only five times where we hear God actually saying to Moses, write this down. Write this one down. Obviously, there was something very important going on here. Why? The Israel will have numerous enemies, even greater than the Amalekites, over the years and that they're going to have to contend with, right? And why were these Amalekites uh, singled out? Why, for, why are they being singled out for haram, which means the ban, which means being wiped out totally? That's what God said to do, wipe them out totally. Uh, it might have been because they were, they were picking off the sick and the weak of Israel. It, it might have been that they were the first nation to attack Israel. Uh, but most likely it had something to do with the purposes and plans of God. Remember, we, we talk about those plans. There seems to be more to this attack uh, and then, uh, of the Amalekites than actually meets the eye. Exodus 17, verse 15 through 16 are difficult passages to actually translate. Many commentators amend the text to smooth it out, to make it, to make it smooth. But if you don't give in to that temptation to smooth out the text, then the text reads either, truly the hand is toward the throne of the Lord, that is in supplication in prayer. Uh, now that sounds good, and it goes with the idea that Moses and Aaron were lifting up the, the staff before the Lord during the battle and gaining victory that way. The problem is that's not exactly the context of this passage. 
The context in verses 15 and 16 is God's ban. That is the haram, the, the wiping out of, of the Amalekites and the, and, the promise to utter, and the promise of utter destruction to them, which actually uh, fits very nicely into an alternative reading of the passage, which could also be read, because a hand is against, the word al, uh, the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. I'll read that again. Because the hand is against the throne of God, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. That not only fits the context, but also pushes back the curtain to the unseen throne of God, right? We see the throne of God, God's sovereignty, the God's majesty, right? Uh, if this rendering is correct, then I think the evidence leans, the, and I think the evidence leans that way. Moses uh, uh, sees a hand behind the Amalekites, another hand that's behind the Amalekites, a hand that is against the throne of God, a hand that is, that is, is an, en, an enmity with the, with the sovereignty of God, but behind the antipathy of the Amalekites towards Israel is the antipathy of someone toward the majesty of God. Now, who could that be? Think, 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 think. think. Yeah, Satan, the devil. The devil hates the majesty of God. The devil hates the glory of God. Satan is, is the accuser. Satan is the, is, the, is the adversary who wants to undo God's majesty and God's glory and God's sovereignty. Folks, we know there is an unseen spiritual conflict going on behind the scenes. That, that we, are, we do not wrestle against Amalekites. We don't wrestle against Hamas. We don't wrestle against Hezbollah. We don't wrestle against uh, any other uh, force, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the hand, that is, the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. The Amalekites, totally responsible for their actions. They're totally responsible. You know, that just, uh, just, but, but um, they were pawns in a greater battle that was going on between between God and the forces of evil, these, these uh, spiritual forces in this dark world. Uh, the, the Lord, just as the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation, so the Lord will be at war against these principalities and powers uh, that seek to wipe out Israel and wipe out the people of God in every generation. So the plan of God will be thwarted and will not take place. If he can, if he can wipe out God's people, if he, if he can... If he can um, bring subterfuge into the, into the church, then he can win. The Lord's throne, his majesty will be established forever, though. Right? That, that nothing will stop it. He will gain the victory in the end, just as he did at Rephidim, and just as he's, a, he's about to do at, before uh, Mount Sinai on what, what, the, what, what the Jewish people believe was Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, when Israel receives the law of God. Well, Jews call it Shavuot. Uh, but we call it Pentecost in the church. And it's at Pentecost that the law of God is given to Israel. Uh, the, the rabbis have done the calculations. I did the calculations too. They're, they're within two or three days. I say, give it to them. Um, like, like Joshua, uh, we have to take our stand against the enemy and do battle with him in the power that God gives us with spiritual warfare uh, that, he, that he gives to us. But we also have to fight 
like Moses and Aaron and her, again, lifting up our hands to God in prayer, fighting the good fight, um, and, and, and doing what we have to do to bring the, the victory, uh, that God can bring the victory through us in our lives, uh, that we want to we held up lasting holy hands to God, and, and that he would use our prayers to bring victory for himself. Let's shift gears a little bit, because we're, we're going to keep on going through this passage, um, and we're going to go to chapter 18 now. It's a, it's a long chapter. I don't have time to read the whole thing. Uh, but we can prepare for the next move of God, not only by learning uh, that the Lord will use us to overcome opposition to his perfect plan, but also by learning we must prepare and act wisely for the administration of his grace in our life. Um, so we see Moses is being visited by his father-in-law Jethro, right? And uh, Jethro brings uh, Moses' wife and his two kids with him as well. We, we think that he probably dropped them off after that that, that, that strange scene of, their, of, the, of the circumcision of, of his two children. And, and, uh, and so we think he, he dropped them off with his father-in-law in Midian uh, and, uh, and on, on his way back to Egypt and so forth. So, uh, so he, now, this is after the Battle of Rephidim now because, because that's where it is and that's where it is chronologically here in, in, uh, in Exodus. And so uh, the father-in-law comes. Uh, he, uh, he, he's, he's, they're, they're, they're delighted to see him. And, um, and now Moses bows down before him, and, and now let me just read a couple of passages here. Now Jethro, the priest of Midian, and Moses' father-in-law heard about everything God had done for Moses and for his people Israel, and how Adonai had brought Israel out of Egypt. Um, Jethro's, uh, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken in Moses' wife Zipporah after he had sent her away with her two sons. One was named Gershom, and the, uh, because he said, I have been an outsider in a foreign land. And the name of the other was Eleazar, because he said, for my father's God is my help, and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. So Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness where he escaped uh, at the mountain of God. He had told Moses, I, Jethro, your father-in-law, am coming to you along with your wife and two sons. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and kissed him and bowed down to the ground. They asked each other about their welfare and went into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done for Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, as well as all the travel that had come upon them, all the travail that had come upon them uh, along the way, and how Adonai had delivered them. So, so Moses tells his father-in-law all that's going on, all that God has done for them, you know, and the father-in-law is delighted. He says that he now knows that, that the Lord, that is the sacred name, Hashem, is, is, is greater than all the gods. It's pretty good for a pagan, a pagan priest, right? That the Lord is greater than all other gods. I, um, and even, he even brought sacrifices and offerings to give to the Lord God. And he sits down in, in, in covenantal style and has a, has a meal with, uh, with Moses and with the other elders of Israel. And, uh, and this reminds us of, of, of uh, Abraham's encounter with Melchizedek back, uh, back earlier in, in Genesis. Uh, and so we see this Gentile priest coming and acknowledging that the Lord is God. You know, and it looks like Moses is drawing an analogy between, between Jethro and Melchizedek. Uh, they're, they're two of the same kind of people. Um, and, and, so, and so then we come to chapter th uh, 13, verse 13, and he says, The next day Moses sat to judge the people, and they stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people, he said, what is this you are doing to the people? Why do, you sit, uh, why do you sit by yourself alone with all these people standing around from morning till evening? 
Moses answered to his father-in-law, it's because these people come to me to inquire of the Lord when they, have, when they have an issue. It comes to me and I judge between them and his neighbor. So I, I make them understand God's statutes and this law. And, and then uh, Jethro says, this is not good. You're going to kill yourself. You know, you're, you're wearing yourself out. And you're causing these people to be really angry and really upset. You know, they're, they're, you're, you're the, they're standing around all day long. They're going to kill you. You're going you're to die of a heart attack. You know, or, the, or they, these people are going to kill you because you're not giving them any justice. You know, because they're standing around all day long and they, you can't do it. You've got to share the load. You've got, you've got to spread it out. You know, you've got, you've got to give it, you've got to, you've got to have the, the, the people of God helping. You've got, to, you've got to elect leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of tens, and so forth, and that they should do the everyday affairs of the people. And if it's really hard stuff, really difficult things to, to, uh, to discern and so forth, they should bring it to you. This is where we get our idea for the, for the court system, right? That's why we, we have, you know, regular courts, superior courts, and then appellate courts, and then, and then and, you know, and, and, or, 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 I said circuit courts, then appellate courts, and then the Supreme Court. That, this is where we get the idea from, you know, that, that it should move up the chain uh, uh, and, until it reaches the top, you know. And so, and so, he, and so he realizes, Moses realizes wisdom when he, when he hears it. He understands that, he, that, that that's exactly the case, so he does exactly what his pagan father-in-law asks, tells him to do, and, and he appoints uh, those over thousands and hundreds and tens and so forth, and, 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 get, and, and, and Israel gets themselves organized, you know, as, as a people, as a nation. They had, they had to get themselves ready for the next move of God, and one of those things was organization. One of those things was, was a appropriate uh, 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 means by which to be able to function as a people. And, uh, and Moses understands that, he sees that, and he, and he responds to this. You know, uh, the, the, the truth that comes from his father-in-law, he embraces it. Um, it it's, a, it's a good thing, too, because they're about to get 613 laws, you know, uh, uh, coming through them in, in the Torah. And who's going to adjudicate? What one man can adjudicate 613 laws, you know, to 2.5 million people? You know, uh, it, it's, it would be absolutely crazy. So this was, a, this was a, a definitely a, a God thing, sending Jethro at that time. Uh, he, he, they needed new organization. Moses takes the advice humbly, and they, and they do it. Um, folks, that's how it works. God wants to bless us. Uh, but, but usually, it requires that we be in a position of blessing. We've got to get ready for the blessing of God. He prepares us for the blessing to receive what he has for us. You know, that this, this is how God generally moves. We have to prepare ourselves so, so that we can, take, we can be ready for the unfolding plan of of God. That means, being, that means being in prayer, that means being in the word, that means being in fellowship, that means being in worship, that means, be, uh, that means being in ministry, using our gifts and abilities, everybody, all, everybody um, you know, um, on, uh, on deck uh, doing the work that God has called them to do in their life, that, using the gifts God has given to them. Remember, remember, the leadership is supposed to train those for the works of the ministry, you know, uh, that God has given us gifts of pastors and teachers and and, and uh, evangelists and, and apostles and prophets uh, to, to, uh, to prepare God's people for the work of ministry. It's all hands on deck in the body of uh, Christ, right? Everybody has to be ready and prepared for what God has for them to be doing in their life, you know, and, and getting ready for the move of God. I remember that uh, when, I, when, I, when I first came on in Monroe, Connecticut, at the Evangelical Free Church in Monroe, Connecticut, um, we, we were... We were we were, uh, it, was, it was a down time for the congregation, and I came in, and, and the church began to grow slowly, you know, and, and then it sort of reached a plateau, 
you know, and then, and then it stayed there for a couple of years. And I began to ask the Lord, Lord, you know, you know, you know is, it my, is my time up? Is, is someone, can someone else come in and, and take, the, take the church to, to, the next, to the next step? You know, am I, am I done here? You know, and then soon after I prayed that prayer, a couple of things happened. You know, one, um, the Evangelical Free Church uh, developed a, a ministry called TNET. Anybody remember TNET? No? Nobody's here that remembers TNET. Okay, it was a, tra- it was a training network set up, set up by the Free Church to train churches, not just pastors, to train all churches for, to, to, to organize themselves in a way uh, to be effective in ministry. And we got our church involved with that, and, and people began to be trained up in, in, uh, in, in the complexities of, of uh, congregational-based ministry. And the second thing that happened was there was a, there was a, there was a Finnish man named Pekka Mustonen who came to our church and asked us to come to Russia to, share, to, 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 uh, to work with uh, children's camps in Russia. You know, uh, and, um, and so we did. We ended up going to Russia uh, for four years you know, and, doing, and doing ministry there. And all of our young people, our teenagers and so forth, were going to Russia and doing, doing children's ministry. And then we did church planting in Russia and so forth. And, and, and during that time, you know, we, we, we didn't realize God was training us. God was getting us ready. You know, and, and in the midst of all of that, he tripled our size because we were ready. We were ready for what he was doing. He, he, he had, he had, he had the, the training of the people. He had, he had the experience of mission. We went on mission together, and God grew us triple the size that we, that we were. You know, and so we see, we see that, that God does this. He prepares us, gets us ready. He organizes us for the work that he has for us. And say, don't, don't despise the, the, the mundane things like organization and so forth. God is using all of that to accomplish his purposes. Finally, we can prepare for the, great, the next great move of God in our lives by learning the, mutual, learning the, the lesson of mutual consecration being essential for the work that God wants to do in and through us. We're in, we're in chapter 19 now. Israel finally arrives uh, in the desert of Sinai. Uh, they, they, they camp out there, uh, and, um, and this is what is known as the great theological year of Israel. They spend a year at, at the foot of Mount Sinai, uh, and, and you'll see that in chapter, chapter 19. And there God calls Moses up to a mountain to have a talk. He wants to talk with Moses. So let's read that uh, chapter 19, verses 1 through 8. Uh, in the third month after B'nai Yisrael, the sons of the, the, daughter, the children of Israel, had gone out to the land of Egypt, that same day they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. They traveled from Rephidim, uh, came into the wilderness of Sinai, and set up camp in the wilderness. Israel camped there right in front of the mountain. Moses went up the mountain, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Say this to the house of Jacob and to all the children of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you listen closely to my voice and keep my covenant, then you will be my own treasure from among all people, for all the earth is mine. So as for you, you will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to B'nai Israel, to the, son, to the, to the, the children of Israel. So Moses went up, went and called for the elders of the people and put before them all these words that Adonai had commanded him. And all, of people, and all the people answered together and said, everything that the Lord has spoken we will do. Then Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. This is a, this is a, a, a seminal moment in the time in Israel's history. Uh, the, like an eagle, the Lord is watching over his fledgling people and taking them through 
all of these experiences in the desert and leading them down to, to, to Mount Sinai, you know, just as, he, just as he promised Moses by the burning bush. Now he tells Moses what, is, what, what needs to happen next. Mutual consecration. Mutual consecration. If you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you are going to be my treasured possession. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Tre treasured possessions is valuable property and, and, and a, a, a distinct people set aside for special purpose. A kingdom of priests are mediators of God's truth and grace to all the nations of the earth, the channel of God's promised blessing uh, to Abraham and, and to all his descendants and, and to the, all the nations of the earth. And finally, a, a holy nation, a separate and distinct nation serving a sacred people uh, for the salvation of mankind. This is what God is promising now to Israel. This is who they, they are to be. It's, it, uh, there is, there is a, a, uh, interesting that these same commitments are made to us in the church, right? Remember in, in uh, uh, 1 Peter uh, chapter um, 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, I'll, I'll read it to you. But you are a chosen people, it's talking to the church, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God, whose own, of God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who has called you out of his darkness into his marvelous light. Remy, you just, you just used that as your opening. And I said, okay, I guess God wants me to preach on this. <laughs> um, so, so, th so, so this promise of being a distinct, special people has been given to the church as well. The, the, the same things, promises made to Israel have been made to the church in this regard. Uh, he, has, he, has, he has consecrated himself to us. He has, he has made... He has made a bond with us. In, in return, he expects us to return the favor. He expects us to reciprocate, you know, uh, and with regard to this. So Moses went back to the children of Israel and told them the offer that the Lord has made, you know, this, uh, this holy nation, this royal priesthood, you know, this, uh, this treasured possession. And the, the people there say to Moses, um, they, they, um, they say, uh, yes, we will do everything the Lord has said to do. Now, the, the rabbis teach that every Jew in the world, past, present, and future, was there uh, on Shavuot, on, on Pentecost, that day before the mountain of the Lord, agreeing to the covenant. In other words, I was there. Any other Jewish folks here? You were there too. You know, uh, you, we, we were all there that day. I don't remember, but that's what, that's what the rabbis tell me. Um, and, and, they, and they all agreed. They affirmed the covenant that day. They said yes to God you know, that day, whatever he wanted. And Moses brought back the answer to the Lord. And the Lord made it known to everyone that day that he would speak uh, to the people through Moses, that Moses would be his mouthpiece. And, that, and that, so they would believe the words that Moses spoke. Even back then, belief was so important. Trust was so important. This was critical. And we know that to be true. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? You know, we have to believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Um, this is what the ancients were commended for, we're told in the book of Hebrews. You know, uh, so, so it's, it's, you know, what we see in the, in the uh, Old Testament, we see uh, in, in uh, even greater uh, relief uh, in the New Testament. You know, uh, my, I, had a, I had a Hebrew professor that used to say that I, I like the New Testament, it reminds me of the Old. 
And, and, and so it does. Folks, the Lord wants us to believe. He wants us to trust. He wants us to hold, to hold him to his word. He doesn't say things lightly. He's, he, this is all part of his plan, the unfolding of his, of his amazing plan for mankind. The Lord wants us to believe uh, he, uh, what he says about who we are. He wants us to believe that, that we are his treasured possession, that we are a kingdom of priests, that we are a holy nation. Like Israel, through the Passover event, he has redeemed us by the blood of the Lamb that happened at the cross event for us, right? And, and so he has redeemed us and, brought, and he has brought us with a price. We are now his possession. We belong to him now. We are wholly owned subsidiaries of, of Jesus the Messiah, right? We, we belong to him. So that why? So that we may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He has done this so that we would consecrate ourselves to him. He's saying there's no risk here. I'm consecrating myself to you first, and now you can consecrate yourself to me as a response of that. Why, why, why did he choose Israel? Why did he choose us? I have no idea. You know, all the Bible says is that, is that he, he, he put himself under a binding oath to do it. He said he was going to do it. He made, he made promises and covenants to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's made promises and covenants to you and I. He's put himself under. We don't know why he did that. We don't know why he, he, he decided to do that, but he just did it. You know, we're the, we're the happy recipients of this, of this amazing grace, this amazing love. He wants us to believe it. He wants us to understand that. That he has, he's got plans for us. He expects us to reciprocate, to consecrate ourselves now. Again, Peter, Peter um, uh, he, he wants us to, um, to understand that we are the priests of God, right? We, we, we're evangelicals, right? We're Protestants. We believe in the priesthood of all believers, right? God has called us to be priests. Priests are people who are bridges between God and man, right? They, 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 speak, uh, they, they speak to God for, for man. They speak to man for God. Uh, so, so it means that we, not, that we talked about it earlier, we need to intercede for people. We need, we need to be the, inter, the intercessors. We need to go and, and, and bring the, the needs of men before a holy God. Right now we need peace and justice in the Middle East. We need to intercede for what's, for what's going on around, around the world and, and, and be those prayer warriors, praying, uh, praying for, the, for the great needs that, are, that we see around us, even in people's lives around us, people who are in our world. Uh, we need to be praying for them. There's nobody else that might be praying for them except us because we're in their world. So we need to be praying for those people. You know, and and um, we need to pray for, for the souls of everybody. That's the most important prayer of all, right? That, that people's uh, eyes will be open, their hearts will be softened so they can receive the good news and come to faith in, in Jesus. Uh, but priests are also called to speak to others for God, right? So we, we, we speak to God for others, then we speak to others for God. Again, Peter says, so that you may proclaim the praises of, of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We are to proclaim the praises of the one who saved us, right? And, and praise him for our salvation uh, because it begins with, with the people in our world. And we begin to, 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 to show forth his glorious, his, his beauty. Today, um, with the proliferation of so, many, so much communication technology going on, there's so many ways to praise God, right? You know, uh, that you, you can do in a broad fashion, but I think the most important way is with the people in our world, one-on-one, heart-to-heart, person-to-person, face-to-face, now that we've taken our masks off, 
We can see each other now. And, 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 we, can, and we can share you know, the, the, the good news with one another face to face. This means making real friends of people, uh, not just the social media kind, you know, but real friends. Uh, it, it, it means looking, looking uh, and, and to them and listening to their story. Listen to people. Ask them questions about their lives, their stories, so you understand who you're talking to. And so, you, so, you, you'll, you have a, so you'll be able to have it, a cogent, you know, a germane word for them uh, in, in their lives. You know, and when you're given that opportunity to share how, what God did for you, how he took you from darkness to light, right? From the power of evil to the power of God, right? He's, he set us all free, you know, through, through the blood of Yeshua and so that we could follow him and do his will. Oh, the song we sang on, following the Lord. That's what we're doing here. That's what we're talking about today, just following the Lord wherever he happens to lead in our lives, encouraging others to do the same. Um, but that's not all that priests do, but it's, it's a good start, folks. Uh, it feels like Aslan's on the move, right? The Lord is on the move. You know, something's going on in our world. Things seem to be speeding up a bit, maybe more than a bit. You know, like, like the woman in, in, child, in child pain, in childbirth uh, pains and contractions. You know, it, seem, it seems like it, it's, it's happening a little faster now. You know, I'm, I, I don't know where we are in the prophetic calendar. I have no idea. You don't, you don't know. I don't know. You know, the, the, it could be a thousand years from now. You know, but it, it sure does seem like things are speeding up. It sure does th- uh, things like that. Things are going much faster than we than we've seen them before. That means that means we need to, we need to be there. Um, we need to we need to be ready now at this time. Um, but change means opportunity. The changes that are going on mean opportunity, and we maybe have more opportunity now than we ever had in our lifetime. People are asking our questions now. You know, there's there's a, there's a lot of very progressive folks out there, especially in the Jewish community, that, that, are, that are, are checking whether they had it right, you know, on, on their worldview. You know, they're, 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 what's, happened, what's happened recently in the Middle East is not in their, in their worldview. That, that doesn't happen. You know, and, and so, and so but, we have, but we have a word to speak into this, right? But we, we know about the brokenness of man. We know, we know about the evil, the violence within the, within the human heart. We understand that. And we know that our only hope is that the Lord God comes and saves us. You know, uh, and, and so we, we understand. We have a word for this generation. Um, and, we, and we need to do that. We need to get ready for this. We need to be alert and, and seek the Lord you know, and, and understand what he's doing. We're on a journey right now. You guys are on a journey right now. And God is taking you down a pathway. He's taking you down a road. And you're having experiences all along the way. He's getting you ready for what he wants to do in your lives now and into the future. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I just pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord, as they, as they, as they enter into, as they, as they continue down this journey, Father, on this path they have, I pray, Lord, that you will guide them and lead them through it. I pray that, that, that sometimes the circuitous route uh, that, that it may take them, Father, will, will, will not um, uh, cause them to be anxious or, or worried, Father, that something, bad, something wrong has happened, that things are out of control, uh, they're not, Lord. You're just using all of these various twists and turns, Father, to, to accomplish your ultimate purposes, Lord. We, we remember, Lord, that uh, you are playing multi-level chess and, and, uh, and we're just playing checkers. Lord, we uh, pray, Lord, that we, you would help us to understand that and, that and that we would enter into what you have for us now, Lord, that we prepare ourselves, Father, for what you have, that we'll see the, the circumstances and the opportunities, Father, that, that are there, Father, as, as, as ways that you are getting us, getting us ready for, for your next great move uh, in our lives, in our congregation, 
and in our world. We love you, Lord. We thank you and pray all this in Yeshua's name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Flashman, for a great message this morning. If you're able to stand, will you stand with us as we respond in music this morning with the hymn, This Is My Father's Will.